0: So we've been talking about gifts, and how they manifest in the lives of the believer. We talked about talents and gifts, and how talents are something we are innately born with. Right? We're athletic, we're musical. We have all those talents that, that God gives that are not contingent on our faith. And then we looked at gifts, and we looked at the various gifts in Corinthians, and Romans, and Ephesians, and we, we saw that God is a giver of gifts. Not to make us feel more important than we are, but to be active participants in the kingdom of God and the communities that we are a part of. That every single person here who professes faith in Jesus Christ is part of a larger group of people. That when you say you're a part of church, you're not just a part of this group of 100 plus adults on a Sunday morning. You are a part of a global church that seeks to expand God's kingdom throughout the world. Amen. You guys are. And last week we looked at, at, at Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus where he says he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the people for the work of the ministry. So he gives the, 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 the body of Christ certain people to equip everybody else to do the work of the ministry to do the work of the ministry. And and so when we we talk about gifts, and we talk about participating in, in God's kingdom, and we talk about, I think John Wimber said, everybody's invited to play. That everybody here that says, I believe in Jesus, has been invited to this grand party to be a part of something bigger and greater than what you yourself could do by yourself. You are a part of something larger. And I was stuck on that this last couple of weeks. Because I know for some of us, and I use the term us, for some of us, we get stuck in this, in this perpetual cycle of survival. How's your life? We're just surviving. Praise God. Made it through another week. Praise God. How was work? Work wasn't too bad. Didn't get yelled at too much. Didn't get the raise, but but you know, we got by. And we begin to define life by our experience or by our circumstances, one day to the next, one week to the next. And it shrinks our world. And it shrinks our participation in the world. And this morning. <coughs> If I could encourage or leave or do anything this morning, and it's going to be a little different today, because I believe that God wants to do something tangible and special in the lives of you, the Church of Jesus Christ. You guys. You see, when we talk about gifts and talents, we usually talk about an exclusive club of men and women that have a mic or are professional. And yet this morning, what I want to encourage and remind and show you is that the gifts that God gives are not limited to the professional. But the gifts that God gives are only bound by our faith in His Son. And so when you start to think and, and, and consider yourself, what part do I play in this thing called the church? The answer becomes, what role do you want to play? The only role that really isn't open to the church of Jesus Christ is that of a spectator. The church of Jesus the body of Christ, is an active participatory organism in this world. That's a sentence, huh? I've got to write that down and use it for a paper somewhere. Um, but in this world in which we, we, we post stuff, and we, we, we do research on news articles, and we say things, the best opportunity we have to see transformation in the world that we live in is through Christ, is Jesus. I talked to a friend, he's like, what do you think? I mean, What, 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 do you, what should you do as a pastor? Like I get, he, it just shows me that the world needs Jesus. And for those of you that don't know me, I'm not a simple faith kind of guy. I don't look at the world and go, yeah, whatever. You know, just Jesus and nobody else. I'm fascinated by what mankind has done, what humanity brings to the table. I love ideas. I love to research. I love thinking and and wrestling with ideas. But at the end of the day, this is what I know after 50-some odd years of living on this earth. I've seen cycles come and go, both pro and con Christian. What the world needs is Christ. And the best way that the world is seen in Christ is through active Christians. You see, when I first started pastoring, I, I, I remember getting a call as a senior pastor from a young lady who, who worked in a nursing home. And one of her patients was dying. And she rushed to me on the phone. She goes, Pastor, you got to come. I go, why do I got to come? you got to come quick. She, my So-and-so's dying. Well, what do you want me to do? I want you to pray for her. You you can't? (laughs) And she was stuck by that. But you're the pastor. I'm the pastor. And you guys are the church. And so as the church, what I am most excited about in this world is not the opportunities I get, but the opportunities you get. That's right. The differences that you make in the communities that you're a part of. So when you go to, what's a really bad class at UNC right now? It's OK. It's, what's that? Chemistry. chemistry. So when you go to chemistry on Monday, do you go to chemistry on Monday? When you go to chemistry on Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, you're Christ in that class. That's right. That <laughs> takes all the fun out of it, don't I, go? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm on a conference call to my chair for my degree, I represent Christ to a professor. When I go to a restaurant, hang out with my friends, and I represent Christ to my friends. When my wife and I go and have fun somewhere, and we represent Jesus to that world, and we go bike riding. And laugh and make fun of each other then we are representing the fullness of Christ and all the world that we live in and it's not specific to these purple chairs. That's right. And so God equips you and equips me to fully function in the world that you live in, not the world that you just attend on a Sunday morning. Right? And it's the church is not just here and about, oh my gosh, we're going to have the best music and, and great greeters and a cool mural. Thank you, Brandon, for that work. A cool mural in the back and great check in stations. The church of Jesus is most functional Monday through Saturday. And that's you. That's you. That's you and around your friends. That's you and. In your Bible studies, that's you at your work. That's you at home. That's you going to the supermarket. That's you going to Target. That's you. And when Jesus and God's Word puts into this that He equips you, He equips you for the work of the ministry. You who are fearfully and wonderfully made. You who... God knows the very numbers of hair on on their head. You who, before the foundations of the earth, He had a plan for you. You who He invites to participate in His mission. You. And so this morning, if you have your Bibles and you turn with me to 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul's at the end of his ministry, the end of his life, and he writes to Timothy, a young man, it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lewis, and your your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. Men and women, never forsake the lineage of your faith. I've lost count of the number of times I've talked to young men and women that feel like to validate their faith, they need to have some devastating story that paints a picture of God's grace in that. And yet, can we just celebrate for a moment those that were raised in a family that pointed to Jesus at a young age? Because you don't need a scar to share God's love. And so thank you for your mother's and fathers and grandparents that share Jesus to kids in your life because that changes, that changes schools and culture. And that, that changes things. It says So he goes on in verse 6, For this reason I reman, remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power and love and self-control. The message puts it this way. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed, keep that ablaze. God doesn't want us to be shy about with his gifts, but be bold, loving, and sensible. So in this section, there are two things. There, one thing, he talks to Timothy and he reminds Timothy, like these gifts that you received when I laid hands on you, and we're going to talk about that after that, but the second one is the fanning into flame. What, what you've been given. And so what you've been given is precious in God's eyes. And it talks up to you about His worth that He sees in you. You ever give a gift to someone that you don't like, that you have no value in? Anybody ever do that? It's okay. I want to meet. You have? Nice. Anybody else? I've never done that. I'm envious of people with that kind of a heart. But the people that I give gifts to are usually thought out because of my love for them. God's no different than that. God gives gifts to people that he loves. And, and, And Paul writes to a young man, he says, fan into flame those kind of gifts. And so the way you do that is just be thankful for what you have. The first and easiest step in realizing that God wants to use you is to be thankful of where you find yourself right now. But you don't know where I'm at. No, but God does. Give thanks in all circumstances, Thessalonians says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When he says about thankfulness, it's not like Hey, everything's great when everything's bad. He's not saying that. He's saying, have a perspective of your life that's accurate. Have a perspective of your life that how you see your life is not contingent on tomorrow's chemistry class, Tomorrow. or tomorrow's called in when the boss needs to chew on you, or the fight you had Friday with your spouse, or the call that you got that's bad news. Be thankful that in the midst of all these things, we serve a God that is active and has an active role in our lives. We, in the midst of all these things, whether we are sick or whether we are healthy, that, that God transcends those things, that He never leaves us or forsakes us. You see, when we all that we concentrate on is the the tough things, the bad things, and that's all that we see in life. And when some guy like me gets up and says, God loves you, like, man, God doesn't love you. Well, why doesn't he love you? Because you know where I've been and what I've had to go through? No, I, I, I don't. But I do know God loves you. I do know that without a doubt. I can look you all in the eye and you can tell me your story and I can buy you a cup of coffee and we can sit at a table and I could go, yeah, but God loves you. You see, we see this life as an end all to be all that we see the, the the 20 years or 30 years or 50 years or 70 years as a as a tell to eternity. And yet when we compare our life to eternity, this is just a spit in a bucket we enjoy this life, but we are not defined by this life. We seize the good times, but we always look through this life to the promises of eternity to spend with God himself. And if we if we take a moment and we're thankful in all things, and we can we can honestly look at our heart and just deal with the stuff that gets in the way. We can repent. We get uptight about that word, and yet all of us, at one time or another, this last week have said sorry to somebody. Right? Honey, I'm sorry. (coughs) Son, I'm sorry for not calling you. People, I'm sorry we didn't this, that, or the other. Every single one of us is aware when we do something wrong. And so it's not that big of a deal when we look and we hear the preacher go, hey, let's repent. Why? Because repentance removes the obstacles of allowing God to move through us and in us. Therefore, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man has great power as it's working. And once you do that, then you can turn to God's Word and begin to seek to try to understand His ways. We know that His ways aren't our ways, so what makes sense to us at times isn't what God does, and that bums us out at times and upsets us. But the reality is, is in my twisted head, I would hate God to work limited to that. I would hate that if, if on a Monday I'm upset by something I read or something that I've I do that That God is now bound by my ways. But God rises above those things. And once we rise above those things and we learn to to discover His his ways and seek His heart, we we can trust Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, the Proverbs writes. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. So God asks us to believe that what he has for us is our best interest at heart. That he doesn't want to teach and make you go through something horrible to somehow give you thicker skin. Rachel didn't lose a dad a year or so ago because God wanted to teach Rachel something. That was life. But in the midst of that loss, God comforted and brought friends and and surrounded her and allowed her to grieve. And she got an aspect of God's love, not because of a loss, but because of God's faithfulness. My dear friend here, battles, uh, 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 almost at times a dehabilitating pain in her back. And it's easy in some segments of faith to go, well if you just had the faith you would be healed. Or some other little Pinterest saying that doesn't make sense in the real world. Or my wife's, what is it? We just found this out. 18 months ago, diagnosed with breast cancer. I go, what's the lesson in that? That there's life. But in the midst of life, and in the midst of illness, and in the midst of pain, and in the midst of loss, that there is a consistency of God's character. And it is in that consistency of God's character that we see a glimpse of how His church works. Which leads us how we're going to end this morning. Worship team, can you guys come back up here? Paul reminds Timothy that I laid hands on you so that you received this gift. And so this morning, this is what I believe. I believe that there are those here this morning that joined us this morning. That even, you're like, man, why did I come this morning? I could have like popped popcorn for the Broncos game. (laughs) Whatever could have prepared to watch L.A. lose number four to the Boston. But this is what I think. I think there are some of you here that have yearned, that have yearned to believe that God would use someone like you. That He would use someone like you that He would gift you in such a way that you would make an impact in the world that you live in. That you would discover a God that equips, that prepares in advance for your purpose. And yet there's always been a check that's like, yeah, but. Yeah, but you... Don't know what I decided to do last week. You you don't know the questions of faith that I had. You you you're unaware of, of the loss. And this morning, I want to tell you without a doubt that God equips the likes of you. That God equips the likes of you. And yet the likes of you require the courage to stand up and stand out in front of God and said, Please come and And fill me. Not just my neighbor, not my pastor, not the worship team, but me. Me with all my doubts, all my worries, all the dirt in my past, all the closets that nobody else knows of, me. And the kingdom of God needs people like you. Why? Because you can touch the community that you live in. You have been placed in a world for the purpose of extending his kingdom there in ways that make sense to your friends, your neighbors, your relationships, in places that I would never be invited to. So I have the mic on a Sunday, but you have keys of the kingdom on Monday through Saturday. You have the ability to extend his kingdom into the world that you live. And what an amazing opportunity that is. There's no great mystery, no crazy words to say, there's no magic formula to this other than what I want us to do is we're going to stand up and we're going to worship.